Hey there, and welcome to the Wholehearted Life podcast. Now, if you are anything like me, the young professional, I know that you are looking to live a more balanced and wholehearted life. Well, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do that. So let's go. Hey, 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 welcome to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. Hope that you are having a magical, magical, magical week so far. And I'm really excited that you're here today. I'm excited that you're tuning in. Basically, the Wholehearted Glow podcast is a journey and a journey that we're kind of all on together of being that genuinely wholehearted person that you always have been deep down. But knowing that sometimes along that journey, it's going to be easy. And sometimes along that journey, it's not going to be easy and you're going to feel completely lost. So kind of exploring that through this pod, through navigating life as a young professional, through navigating life as a person who wants to delve into their health, their wellness, their spirituality. So anyways, I wanted to share some cool stuff that I've been up to the past month, kind of check in with you about that. And then today's episode, we're going to speak about my hike up a volcano in Guatemala. I did that about three weeks ago. What happened kind of leading up to that? what happened during the volcano hike, and then also what has happened since. And just the trip to Guatemala in general was really a big shift for me, and I'm really excited to share it with you. So the first thing, I just want to give you some background. Um, I actually feel like the reason I want to share this is because As we're nearing towards the end of 2019, I feel that it's been just such an incredible year because it's been as equally challenging as it has been rewarding. And I really feel that it was the year I decided to stop living on the sidelines of my life and just go all in. And I feel like I had always wanted to go all in and I've always been a very like all or nothing person I'm sure you could relate to that maybe you're one of those people but I was always afraid and you know fear always held me back and it still does to some extent but I know how to use it as a tool now which is really interesting so basically about this time last year I was on the phone with my friend Maggie if you follow me on Instagram you've probably seen her on there before and yeah it's a long story but basically we were like facetiming and we were talking about bucket lists and I had had one actually that I had created I think a few months prior but I hadn't really thought about it again and zoned back in so we decided we were going to zone back into our bucket list so we're like writing all these things out we're talking about it things are getting pretty real and I don't know. I just really loved the intention of the bucket list because it goes into like a deeper philosophy of like, what would you do if you knew that your life was as precious as it truly is, right? So instead of just living every day and waiting to do the things on the list, the list, when you have it around you constantly, it kind of serves as this constant reminder of like the things that you want to do aren't going to wait for you and you have to figure out a way to make them happen. And 
that can feel kind of intense at times when you are looking at the list and you are thinking about your life. It's a cool way to look at your life as if you've already lived it, right? Like I remember I read someone's Instagram caption one time and it said, it was a picture of my friend Ben, uh, who I worked at Yellowstone National Park with in 2012. And it was just like him laying in a field and it said, close your eyes and imagine that you've lived the life of your absolute dreams. Dot, dot, dot. What happened? Question mark. So the bucket list kind of allows you to write everything out, get super, super real. I think I have, I'm looking at mine, I have about 53 items. And look at the scope of your life almost as you're watching it happen like it's already happened right it's kind of like that quote or that caption I just mentioned and it's cool because it gives perspective and perspective is something that I feel as I'm getting older I'm able to like understand better like this idea that like I'm not just in the here and now constantly all the time like I can be in the here and now but then like sit down take a step back look up and then look back down at my life at what's happening or look back down at my life and figure out like what I want to do, how I want to do it, what I would like to accomplish, what I would like to experience and the ways that I'm going to go about doing that. And so I love the bucket list for that. And I highly recommend you create one. I want to share a few experiences that I have been able to do and a few that I haven't. So here's a few that are definitely still on the list. One of the first ones is go to the blue city in Morocco not sure if you've been but I've heard only good things travel the world for one year before getting married and having kids get married on the coast of Maine because that's where I grew up meditate diligently enough not to fear death that's an interesting one go to every island in Hawaii live near family be in a musical again choreograph a dance ride podium at soul cycle I'm working on that have as little material objects as possible go and see the trash in the ocean take my mom on whatever trip she wants join the peace corps empathy and genuine compassion financial independence and retire early skydiving oh okay so that one i actually did and i do want to just briefly touch on that experience because it was super 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 cool um Basically, I went with a client who I personal train. He like skydives for fun on the weekends. I guess that's a thing. So basically, I went with my good friend Isabella, Isa, and yeah. So it was for her birthday. So I didn't tell her we were gonna do it until we were like basically like almost more than halfway there. And I was like, "We're going skydiving." And she's like, "Well, I'm not a huge fan of heights." And I was like, oh, well, it'll be fine. So we're like waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. We get in the plane, we're strapped tandem. So she's with some guy that's jumped like 20,000 times. I'm with this other guy that jumped like 23,000 times. I don't know, like they were very experienced. And then my client, my client's girlfriend, and then all the other random people on the plane. So like the plane starts going up and... I don't know why I just like had it on my list that I had to do the skydiving because I mean think about it I feel like it's on everyone's bucket list I know it's a very cliche 
bucket list item but hey it is pretty freaking cool and honestly cannot recommend it enough so yeah we're like up in the plane (laughs) i'm getting kind of nervous and i turn over like or sorry turn to the side and look at my client and he's like uh, there's no turning back now, Blaze. And I'm like, oh my God. So we get to the top and like, here I am thinking, by the way, this was, yeah, like two weeks ago. So this just happened. Um, I like, I think that like, we're going to get to the top. The plane's going to kind of level out and then we're going to kind of have a debriefing on like what we're doing, what's happening. Um, no, literally the plane starts to lull my client and his girlfriend and these other very advanced skydivers. They're like climbing on the side of the plane. <laughs> just like what they're literally climbing onto the side of the plane and next thing I know they're gone I'm like okay cool they're flying through the air that's chill and then I was like one of the next people to go out the plane so I thought I was gonna have some time to hesitate I thought I was gonna have some time to freak out but no my like instructor guy was like are you feeling good I was like I feel fine and then next thing I know I'm literally free falling through the air for 60 seconds it was insane all they did was focus on my breath it was absolutely crazy like the craziest rush I've ever felt I can't even begin to describe the intensity of the feeling it was like my body was or my brain was like you're falling to your death but then they pull the parachute and you realize you're not dying and you're like oh my god this is amazing It was so indescribably amazing. I cannot recommend it enough. It was like the ultimate euphoria. When I got to the ground, I was like high. Like I was like, I've never done hard drugs, but I feel like this is what it feels like. I was just in straight up euphoria, euphoria for like seven or eight hours. Like it was crazy. Anyways, I was so stoked to have had that experience on my bucket list because honestly, I don't think if I would have written it down, it would have happened for another 25 years. And then if I hadn't done it for another 25 years, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have done that whenever that 25 years came. So super fun that I was able to do that. And yeah, I mean... Another one I have on here is an Olympic distance triathlon. So that I did probably, I think it was about a month ago. And that was really intense. It was basically a 1200 meter open water swim through the ocean in Miami. But they like drop you off on this island that you have to take a ferry to. Then you have to swim back from the island. Then you bike 26 miles and then you run six miles. And I was like crazy because I remember writing this down like last year and thinking that it was a very lofty goal and I was able to achieve like completing it which was my goal in less than like four months of training now granted I did train very hard and as I've probably mentioned on the pod before I'm a pretty all-in person but It's crazy because now I'm looking at the list and I guess what I added, I added half Ironman in Brazil because I did sign up for a half Ironman. It's on April 24th, 2020 and it's just keeping me pushing towards new goals, towards new heights, towards newer or should I say more in-depth versions of myself and I really love the bucket list for that. And then one of the other things that was on here is just to continue to travel alone. 
And continuing to travel alone is important to me because it forces me out of my comfort zone. It forces me to get real with myself. And as I talked about in the podcast about dealing with trauma for the first time in my life, that was actually a time in which I was going through a depression. And it was probably the lowest I've ever felt. And that's not a super fun feeling. I don't know if you've ever felt that or if you can relate, but yeah, it was basically the worst feeling ever to feel so sad on the inside and everyone, but for everyone around you to perceive that there was no way you would feel that way, I guess. Like, cause no one really knows. And then like depression is like a stigma. You don't want to talk about it. And then like, I didn't take any medication for it because I decided to work through it in a holistic way, which no shade if that's your choice, but I just figured humans have been around for 6,000 years, depression, you know, there's got to be a way out. And I was able to pull myself out by learning not to be afraid of myself and spending time alone. And so that's why booking this trip to Guatemala was really important to me because when I actually booked the trip, I was still feeling pretty low. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Just never travel because I don't feel good. Like I feel kind of sad. I feel down. So I'll just stay here. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put myself in that box that this mental state kind of wants to put me in, that my ego wants to put me in. And so I booked the ticket I almost didn't go because everyone was telling me you're going to die in third world country, blah, blah, blah. Just classic stuff that people from the United States say that's like, honestly, I feel fairly ignorant because I'm like, I'll ask someone, people that were throwing shade at me for going, they're like, you shouldn't go, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, have you ever been? And then they're like, no, I've never been to Guatemala. And then I got down there and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like super safe. So let me just paint the picture of like the five days that I was there and speak about my experience because it really allowed me to shift from some of the low points that I was having to just so much more calm peaceful relaxing days that I have now and I feel like it's actually brought me into a better place of balance so I arrived I had this driver pick me up who was from the hotel and the hotel was like two and a half three hours away at this place called Lago Atitlan in San Marcos de Laguna. So that was the little town, which was like your standard hippie travel town. Like people are walking around with rucksacks. You know, there's lots of dreadlocks, lots of uh, CBD oil, people drinking freaking mushroom teas, meditation, etc. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I book the hostel. I go to this place and like, because I don't party or drink alcohol or like do like crazy late night stuff. Cause I'm always doing stuff during the day. I booked a very quiet hostel, one that I had reviewed or read on hostel world that was very quiet, relaxed, etc. And that was all well and fine, except for the fact that <laughs> I guess I went during like the off season. Cause it was the first week of September And all of the places I was staying at were just empty. Like no one was there. There weren't a lot of people. There wasn't a lot of, a lot of like a vibe. Like an energetic vibe of like social stuff. So I go to the first hostel 
and it's like a dorm room, right? So if you've ever been to a hostel, the cool thing is, is there's always like eight to 10 people in one room. And let's say there's 10 beds, but maybe there's only five people. Like that's still five potential friends, right? And so I was super, super stoked to get to the hostel and there's like eight beds in my room and there's only one other person this girl I don't remember her name but she was already asleep by the time I got to the hostel and then we talked in the morning then she left and I'm sitting at this hostel there's no one else there it was just like me chilling on this beautiful lake at sunrise drinking coffee so like rough life but also I I don't know. It was just honestly crazy because I was pissed. Like I was pissed at that time. I was like, why did I go on this trip alone? Like I'm still dealing with like struggling to like be around just myself, like not talking to humans. Like what the fuck am I doing? She pieces out. I have no agenda. I have like six days to just hang out by a freaking lake in Guatemala. So I kind of like, walk around town, like drink way too much coffee, story of my life, sleep, etc. And I'm like, I'm not really feeling this town. So I decide I'm going to go to this place that I found on the internet called the Doozy Koala Lake House, which I highly recommend you check out if you're ever in Guatemala or in Central America. It's definitely worth the trip. I don't know why, but it just, I was drawn to it because it was an off the grid place. So there was no Wi-Fi, and it had just opened by this young couple, Lauren and, uh, what is the guy's name? Peter, I want to say. Anyways, Chris, wait, why can't I remember? Super nice couple. And I was drawn by the reviews because they were like, it's so unique. It's so one of a kind. So like I go to this place and of course there's only two people staying at the hostel. It was the woman, Lauren and her boyfriend. I want to, I think it's Chris. They had been hanging, hanging, hanging out there. Like they had just opened the hostel. It was this new place and they had like redone it so picture like showing up on a boat to an island with a big like old kind of abandoned feeling like mansion place that had been redone there's like an empty pool (laughs) like crazy vines everywhere and then this like amazing patio that overlooks the water but then there's like the empty pool below and then all these trees and like swings and the trees and hammocks like it was very gnarly like picture like that classic like gnarly jungle feel that's kind of how it felt and anyways I show up there's only one other person that I knew that was staying there for the night I was there I think I was there for three nights and the cool thing was though is like the couple that was there Lauren and Chris confirmed his name is Chris um they were just so like chill and authentic and genuine and I just kind of was able to like lay on the patio lay on these chairs with this woman Lauren and just like talk about life and she was able to tell me about her travels and tell me about her struggles and the things that she had gone through and she was a 
she is a 500 hour yoga instructor and so I was able to get a few private classes from her and they were just so cool and healing because we did them on the patio right overlooking the lake and like I was able to sleep really well in the evenings and then wake up and we would do the yoga together and it was just one of those moments where it's like I felt a shift in healing in myself. I felt a shift in like my perspective of myself. And I realized that I had this like space of calm within me that I could choose to radiate out. And it was just like I felt like after all of the meditation I had been doing, I was finally able to tap into it. Because when I was going through the depression... I felt like meditation was just like the worst because it like brought me so deep to the root and the root was so broken that I was like, this isn't fun. I don't enjoy this. I feel literally sad when I meditate. And like, I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing as much as it was really challenging. And honestly, I'm super glad that I did because when I was able to put myself into a very like non fight or flight state, a very relaxed state where I was in a foreign country, but I wasn't working out a lot. I wasn't working. I had pretty much no contact with other people. I was just super, super in the moment, super, super present. I was able to really crack myself open, let go, release some of that pain, and then be able to start to put the pieces back together. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing that maybe you can't do with just yoga, but I felt like I did it and I felt like I tapped into this deeper version of myself that I really didn't think was there. I didn't think she was going to come out. I didn't think I was going to find peace again. I didn't think I was going to find calm again. And I'm so grateful for this woman, Lauren, that she was able to help me and like guide me to that through her meditations and through the way that she teaches yoga. It was really, really, really special. And I'm super grateful for it. And... Yeah, and then the third night I was there, some more people came. And that was interesting because I got to meet kind of like your classic travelers that were like on the path, but then some of them that actually lived in Guatemala. And what I always find very interesting about the traveling folk who are on the road for a long time, they haven't been in the U.S. in like years or at Canada or Australia, wherever they're from, And a lot of them are just amazingly genuine people, but it kind of like makes me question like, okay, let's say traveling the world for years on my bucket list. Like, what am I going to be doing? Like I decided because I don't really have an interest in just like going and getting drunk in random foreign countries. I want to do something more than that. Like, how can I do more? How can I be more like come from a really authentic place in these foreign countries without it just being like a self-serving trip you know because I feel like travel is such a privilege that you're able to do if you're able to create that for yourself or have that opportunity that it's like I don't want to waste it just doing superficial shit and not to say that these people were doing that I just mean like for me personally like I don't want to just go and do like the traveler circuit where you're just like I said like getting fucked up in hostels like I I want to do something deeper so it was cool to have that perspective of like some people that were doing something a little bit deeper some people that were really like more into the party scene and figuring out like how I could kind of get within that whatever journey I want to be on while doing like a travel the world for the year type of thing which I think comes down to service so 
I'm hoping I can do some volunteering when I do that. But yeah, so that was amazing. And then I decided... Okay, so I went and I didn't even realize that there is this volcano. Well, there's actually a lot of volcanoes in Guatemala. Fun fact, if you didn't know, because I had no idea. Why? Because I didn't study Guatemalan geography in school. Now, I will say it might be beneficial to understand more about the country surrounding you. And honestly, I probably should have done my research, but I didn't. So I get there and people are telling me about this Balkan Alotenago. And it's basically, that's like the volcano. And I'm like, okay, like this sounds interesting. So I'm asking people, I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. And everyone is like, it's the craziest most super intense challenging freaking hike ever and I'm like well how challenging I used to live in Montana I mean come on it can't be that bad they're like no blaze like it's a two-day thing where basically you're you hike 7,000 vertical feet so the the summit that we okay so the summit is at 13,500 feet And I believe that you start at like 5,000 feet. So anyways, you have to go with a tour company like from the hostel and then you're with a group and this whole thing. And I'm like, okay. So I really wasn't going to do it. And honestly, it was like that whole kind of like playing into the sidelines of my life thing that I had been doing for a long time in my life, just with certain things. Like there was a similar type of hike in... Ecuador when I went with my ex-boyfriend and like because I was with him he was like my security blanket kind of and I didn't reach the summit it was Cotopaxi and like you're supposed to do this hike and it's pretty intense and like granted we didn't have any time to adjust to the elevation and the altitude and like I got really sick and whatever but I didn't push through like I just was like no I can't do it like I'm too tired like too much altitude sickness I'm not doing this um but yeah, so I almost like basically wussed out of the volcano hike and then people are like, you have to do it. Like, it's so cool. You get to watch an active volcano erupt. Like, that's crazy. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm going to do it. So I decide I'm going to do it. And like, I meet my group and it's just like this random pairing of people, which is always extremely interesting. But it's just funny because like when you're by yourself, you just, you don't know anyone and you don't know like people's personalities and who's with who and who's dating who and whose best friend is whose best friend etc etc so like I meet the people and I meet this girl Lucy and like she was just super super cool and her story was super super impactful to me and I'm excited to share it with you because I don't know she would just really embodied like someone who was able to believe in the power of her decisions so we start the hike and like I'm freaking out because it's only 5,000 feet at the bottom but you're already feeling the elevation a little bit and you're like okay so you hike up then you camp at like the base camp which is I would say it's like 6,000 feet up and then you do the last like 1,000 1,500 foot vertical climb at the very end the next morning in the pitch black dark at uh, before sunrise so yeah so like I start hiking with this girl Lucy and 
she was kind of telling me her story. She's been all over the world. She's been traveling for like a year and a half and she actually was pregnant. So she was nine weeks pregnant at the time of doing the hike. So obviously we start the hike like in the morning and she's having morning sickness. I'm like, okay, this girl inspired me. Okay. So there was 20 people in our group. She was leading the pack the entire time. And I was just like, you're a fucking badass. That is super, super cool. And it really inspired me. So yeah, we're like hiking along. Then there's like these other people in our group that are Australians and they're like tripping on mushrooms, like hiking. And I'm like, how are you doing that? That's so impressive. Not because I'm into drugs, but because it was a very strenuous hike. And the fact that people are able to like literally be on drugs and hike 6,000 vertical feet in five hours. I'm like, how is that even possible? But anyways, it was super fun, really cool. And it just took me stepping out of myself in a way because, like I said, a lot of times, like, I was the person who would take the cop out and be like, eh, I'm not going to do the hike. Like, I'll be fine. Like, I don't have to summit. Like, whatever. So we're hiking, we're hiking. Like, it was fairly strenuous. Like I said, we hiked for five hours. And then as, like, the dusk starts to settle in, we crest over this corner and I suddenly feel like I'm on the craters of the moon because it's like this dark gravelly landscape on the mountains because we're hiking actually on an inactive volcano however the volcano in front of us is active so you crest this corner and you look for it and you like the time we were hiking like as we're hiking we're hiking I'm like thinking is it thundering because I kept hearing rumbling and then I crest the corner and I realized oh my gosh there's literally a volcano just erupting in the distance and that's the sound that I'm hearing so we're able to get pretty close to the peak of the other active volcano we crest the corner it's absolutely beautiful we make it to the base camp where there's like this little hut with two stories so there's like cots on the bottom and then like a flat wood um floor on the top floor like the loft with these super cool like bright colored cots and then we all just like packed in our sleeping bags in there and then we had these two sherpas which were basically people that were helping like carry our stuff and then they had like the food so that's what you paid for when you're on the tours like it's included that you do have someone who is able to cook that food for you which I'm like super grateful for and have a lot of gratitude for those men that did that for us because it's not an easy job and they were telling me they go up and down the mountain one to two times a week and it's a two-day hike so that means they're doing a lot they're expending a lot of energy so really cool men doing that interesting to hear their stories and interesting to hear the stories of everyone else in the group and I just love those random pairings because it's always just like You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to connect with. And you know what was really interesting is there was actually this guy. So I've talked about my sexuality before. I am bisexual slash gay slash undefined. But there was this guy that was just, his name was Yella. And he was just such a kind guy. Really sweet. He was hanging out with this girl and they were kind of like a thing and he just had this way about him that was really charming. He was really attractive. And I don't know, he was just 
it was cool to be on the hike with the guy, not because I was like, I'm going to marry him, but because I was like, you know what? If I was to date a guy again, like this would be the guy that I would go for. And it was cool to know that they were out there and existed because sometimes I feel like when me or maybe you are in your normal routine, it's easy to think like, oh, like my person is not out there and the person that I'm looking for is already taken because they're such a great person or whatever it is. And I think that's a really limiting belief that I need to work on. But it was refreshing to see this guy and be like, oh my gosh, like you do exist. So anyways, we're all chilling at the base camp. And then at night, like we get to see this freaking active volcano. Like it's like bright red, magna, lava, crazy, super cool. So then there's this whole like debate throughout the camp and like throughout the people in the group of like, are we going to hike to the summit in the morning? So we were at like 11,000, 12,000 feet at that point. And it was pretty windy. It was pretty cold. I was freezing and I was just like, what am I doing here? And this was like that leveling up piece and like that pushing myself piece that I really struggle to confront sometimes because like I said I feel like a lot of times it's just easier to not to just tap out and kind of sit on the sidelines and be like I'm not gonna hike to the summit because we were at the like the base camp meeting we had to go up a little bit more in the morning so we wake up and like they're like just see how you feel so we're like okay so we wake up at 3 30 a.m we drink some tea and then we just start hiking and like it was literally complete vertical straight up pitch black dark I didn't have a flashlight so I was using the light on my phone there were like maybe 10 or 12 of us that decided to go and within the first 20 minutes or so of hiking the group had completely split so there were like half of us in the front pack and half in the backpack now this is where I will say like cardio and high intensity vo2 max training as like a triathlete is super super helpful because I thought I was going to be super winded and exhausted, but I felt amazing because my threshold for like my body's ability to deal with that like high altitude and high heart pumping is very much substantial after all the tri training. So highly recommend you upping your cardio game. But yeah, like it was cool because I finally was like, I'm breaking barriers on my life. Like, I'm making the decision that I'm going to freaking hike this volcano. And so we're, like, hiking up, hiking up. We're, like, 35 minutes in it. And I'm just, like, nervous because we're all running out of water, of course. And, like, I'm starting to get nauseous, like, the altitude. And then I look up and freaking Lucy, again, leading the pack. I think I was, like, two people behind her. She's nine weeks pregnant. And we get to, like, okay, so we, like, crest up. And then it almost looked again like the craters of the moon. Like if you've never been on a volcano, you've got to get on that because it's crazy. It's hard to describe, but like we crested over and we were at like the kindest summit. Like have you ever done something and you like almost finished the task, but you were like, ah, fuck it. Like a great example for me would be like if I clean my entire kitchen, but I don't wipe the counters. It was like that. So I'm like, Lucy, like, I don't want to do this. I was pretty tired. So at this point, we were like an hour in. And the Sherpas kept being like, oh, we only have like 10 more minutes. But they kept saying that. And I was getting really anxious. And yeah, so I was like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Like, 
I'm happy here. I'm just going to stay here. Like, I'm not going to the top. And she was like, you know what, Blaze? I hiked all this way, 7,000 feet. I'm fucking going up. So she takes her hiking stick. She throws it down. And she starts, like, jaunting up the last, like, 500 or 400 feet up the hill. I'm just like, what? And I'm like, kind of flabbergasted. And, like, I pause. And I'm like oh shit, I guess I am going up this freaking mountain and I guess I am getting to the top of this freaking mountain and I'm not copping out anymore. And I feel like that's like such an easier route and it's just like for women especially, like we just take the cop out because we don't want to go all in. I don't know why and like maybe I'm the only woman that's felt this way but it's like it's hard to really own up to like summoning the mountain to finishing the task to running the marathon like those are all metaphors but like in this case literally like I was so close to just saying screw it and it took another like female empowering me who's like got like cramps because she's freaking pregnant and like blisters on her feet and saying you know what well I'm gonna do it anyway because That is an example of someone, in my opinion, Lucy was like a great reminder of like, you can do it, it can be done, you just have to step up to the plate a little bit, right? Because I feel like if you really want to get to like the big, intense, leveling up experiences in life, like you have to push, you have to push. And if you're not pushing towards something, it's probably because you're not enjoying the process of whatever it is you want to be pushing towards, right? So it's like you're working out, but the workouts you are you're doing, you hate so much that you're never going to get to the goal because you're just spending your time in misery of things you don't actually enjoy. Like you have to fall in love with climbing the mountain or like you have to fall in love with like doing the process, whatever that is, because that's how you get to the truer end goal. And then you get to the end goal and you realize like the summit was dope, but like getting all the way up and all the way down the mountain was even doper. And that was a big shift for me getting to the top of that. It just like shifted my perspective Literally, because I was able to see such a beautiful, beautiful view, such beautiful colors, to feel really, like, held by, like, the universe, to feel held by the trees, to feel held by the mountains, and then to go back down with a little bit more gratitude and, like, a little bit more of a feeling of calm and peace within myself And to know that, like, I hiked it for me. I completed it because I wanted to complete it. And I think that's a big thing in life. It's like, we want to do all these things that we think we're supposed to do. Kind of because other people are telling us that we should do them. Go to college. Get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Go to work work in a cubicle or maybe not a cubicle these days because it's like millennial life but like work remote and like make money on Instagram and then go like get married settle down have kids the end like no you don't have to do what other people are telling you what to do like I decided to do that for me 
And because I made that decision to step into that for me, I feel like it's allowed me to step into other decisions that are more aligned with who I am as a person and not who everyone else is trying to make me to be, right? Because now I feel, and like that's what I've been working on this year and like especially with the bucket list is like this is the stuff that I feel that I want to do that I feel is a part of my destiny. And like I tapped into it within myself instead of looking around at what everyone else was doing because I feel like I spent a large portion of my life doing that. And so when I say like get off the sidelines of your life, I mean like, Stop doing the things or achieving the goals of other people. Achieve the goals of yourself and what you want to achieve. Climb the mountain, get to the top, take a look at the view, gain some perspective, and then come back down and share what you learned with the world right? Because now I feel like I'm coming from a better place. I feel that I pulled myself out of a darker place of like sadness and grief and anxiety and feelings of failure. I took all of that really freaking dark crap and I was like, I'm going to physically, like I felt like I had to energetically pull it out of my body and it took a lot of time because there were days I would wake up and it felt like I was getting choked for months. It was horrible. I feel like I pulled that energy and I like held it and then I released it. And that's why it's really important to do stuff that really pushes you out of your comfort zone, whether it's physically or mentally or both, because it allows that energy to move through you and then out of you if you need to release it. So it's like you can come back down, you can release your shit from that like dark, dark place. You can come out and see the light and then go share light with the world because you're coming from a place of knowing that like you're healing. You're in a healing process. You're calm. You are feeling peaceful. I can be peaceful for my clients. I can be peaceful for the people I coach. I can be calm. I can be an ocean wave in the calm summer morning at sunrise. I can be that. But there's no way I could have been that If I kept living on the sidelines, if I kept feeling like a victim, if I kept taking every single thought that came into my head as me, I actually had to let go, strip down, push away, shed all the externals so I could dig, 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 dig deeper into this like really uncomfortable place at first, crack it right open, let that shit go. And then put the pieces back together. So that's where I'm at. That's how I feel. And I hope that that Guatemalan adventure story was somewhat beneficial to you. And maybe you can go live a story that inspires you to inspire others. You can go live a story that inspires you to take action, to take charge of what's going on in your life. And make it happen. I love you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.